Well, well. What do I say? It's, I uh, hope you're, if you're part of this church family, I hope you're enjoying this morning being part of this church family. I hope you're enjoying the presence of God. Thank you, Nicola. That was brilliant. And you know, it takes great courage for somebody like Nicola to come up here and share. That doesn't mean to say if you don't, you haven't got courage. But, you know, it's great enjoying God's love, God's family. Um, But we do need courage. We do need to be a people who take risks, who are brave, who trust God. I'd just like to read a scripture from Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. It's a well-known verse, and um, the key words, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And that's what we're here for as a church. Just a word for you, Synergy, in case you, I'd lost you already. Um, you may wonder why it says, and you may not because you may know, but you may wonder why it says first to the Jew, well, the gospel was first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Well, Jesus came to the Jews first and primarily He came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as did, he gave them the right to be the children of God. Paul, the great apostle, preached first of all to the Jews. And many of the Jews rejected the gospel. Not all of them. Many believed, like the disciples who believed Jesus and followed him. But Paul went to the Gentiles. That was everybody else in those days who wasn't a Jew. So that's what it means. That's why it refers to God. Jesus came to the Jews because they were God's chosen people. But then the gospel went out to everybody, to all of us, because everyone who believes is chosen by God. So we've been doing a course about membership Uh, Belonging to the church, you know, in some ways, I don't really like the word membership. It has a hard ring about it, doesn't it? But it's very biblical, you know. If you you look up on your phones or if you're still old-fashioned like me and use a concordance and you look up the word membership, you'll see it's many times used in the epistles, in Paul's writings. We're members of Christ's body. But... We, we use that word because there probably isn't another one. But 
what we're looking for is to be joined together in our hearts. And Andrew shared last week about three core values, that we're Bible-based, we're spirit-empowered, and we're grace-filled church. And today, I just wanted to talk about what we're really here for as a church. We're here to reach the lost. We're here to spread the gospel. Now, I know we're here to worship God. That is our primary, prime thing, is to worship God. The first commandment is to worship our Creator and our God. But <clears throat> the church is the only organization that exists for the benefits of people that do not belong to it. So we're here for the sake of the people in Alton and the surrounding villages and wherever God may send you to, to share the gospel. That's why we must not be ashamed of the gospel. And I know it's difficult because we live in a culture that is not sympathetic to the gospel. And you young people, you will know that. School and college is not sympathetic to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was very timely that we've had it referred to twice this morning that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we must hold on to that because in our culture today, and you will be told that there are more than one way to Jesus, to God. You will be told whether you're at school or college or or whether you're out in the great wide world, the world says today there are more than one way to God. It isn't only through Jesus. But But what we believe here and what we stand for and what we may even suffer for is to preach the truth that there is only one way to God. Now you say, well, I know all that. I've I've heard that, I believe the Bible, yes, but you know, living in a culture like we do, the constant drip, 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 and you think, well, well, maybe, maybe, you know, those other people who believe that, maybe they will get to God, but they won't, I'm sorry. Um, You know, the gospel, I remember many years ago doing street work when I was quite young, and I was with another young man, and we were sharing the gospel on the street, and a lady said to us, she said, You Christians are really arrogant, aren't you? Aren't you arrogant? You say that your way is the only way. And, you know, I hope we weren't arrogant. Perhaps we were. But how do we present the gospel? Do we present it? Peter talks about sharing the hope that is within you in a way that doesn't cause offense to other people. But the gospel is an offense. That's the nature of the gospel. The gospel is hard because it tells people that they're sinners and if they don't accept Jesus, they will go to hell. Now, that's it in a nutshell. Now, I wish I could stand up here and say, well, yes, um, there are other ways to God. Or no, you won't go to hell. God wouldn't send you to hell. But the the Christian gospel is based on God's word. The Bible, and we need to be quite clear. Could I just suggest to you that if there's, I mean, I don't know how many major religions there are in the world, somebody would tell me, just let's say there's four, it might be five, it might be six, I don't know, let's say there's four. Well, if there's four ways to God, why not 14 or 40 or 400 ways to God? And I'm sure you've met people and they've said to you, um, well, I think. God will 
um, God will save me because I've been a good person and I've done this and I think I can get to God my way. Why don't we all get to go to God our own ways? Why don't we do what we think is right, what will please God and then hope when we get there everything will be all right? Well, I don't, I don't want to worship a God who, who, is, who accepts people just as they are. He's not God. If I come, I say, God, I'm coming to you my way. What sort of God is that? I'll tell you the God that I worship and the God that most of you here worship. It is the God who sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross because we were sinners and he took our sin. He took our shame. And you know, if Jesus was not the only way to God, there would be no need for the cross. Jesus never need have suffered but he suffered. And we have to hang on to this truth because it will be attacked. We live in an age when secularism is, is gaining ground. And it, you know, when we talk to people about church, we, we, we like to, naturally, we like to say, well, yes, we go to a church and it's quite, yeah, it's a good church, it's got young people and, um, oh yeah, we've got a cafe. And oh, yeah, our worship band, they're really good. You ought to come along sometime. And um, oh, yeah, we're involved in the community. We, we do One Way and Toy Library and Stepping Stones. And, and we like to tell people the good things about church, don't we? Um, you see, it's not easy to, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not easy to tell people that actually um, we believe there's only one way to God. And we believe that if you don't come that way, that God will punish you for your sin. That, it's tough stuff, but it's not easy to tell people, is it? That's why we need courage and we need grace, grace to speak the truth in love, gently, and with respect to people that we meet and when we preach the gospel. So in these uncertain times, we need to raise the profile of the gospel. Um, the country has been shaken. You don't need me to tell you that, do you? The whole world has always been shaken. It's always been the case. Um, most of the disasters we see are caused by man's greed. And, um, but things are being shaken in our nation at the moment. And the answer is the gospel. Because Hebrews 12 says, we are receiving. And that's you and me. If you're a Christian, you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The United Kingdom is being shaken like it hasn't been shaken for some time. And this spurs me on anyhow to ask God for opportunities to share with people the wonder of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. So one of our core values, one of our important bases of faith is the gospel. And that people become Christians. So what do we do with people when they become Christians? Well, we welcome them. We love them. Normally, we baptize them. Now, um, I don't know how many of Synergy or how many of you have been baptized, and I would never put pressure on anybody to be baptized because it's between you and God. And all I would say to you, it's a good thing to be baptized, but don't, don't do it because your friends are baptized. Don't do it because the church would think you should be baptized, you have to have that inner conviction, and this applies to anybody, that inner conviction in your heart 
that you have finished with your old life, your sins are gone, and you want to follow Jesus, and you're going to follow Jesus 100%. That's what baptism is all about. Um, Through the Acts, every time people were saved, they were baptized. And presumably by full immersion. Um, There was a man called the eunuch. Unfortunate name. Why they didn't give his proper name, I don't know. Anyhow, perhaps somebody knows what it was. But he was was saved by talking to an apostle called Philip. And it says they went down to the water. And they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. Jesus was baptized by full immersion. He didn't need to be. But he did it to identify with ours. With us. Now, this may be a little bit, as we come towards talking about membership, this may be a little difficult one, baptism. And I want to be quite open with you. And um, because I think we would normally expect people who are going to be or are part of Harvest Church to have been baptized. Now, hear me on this. because nothing is arbitrary. There's no hard and set rules. I know some ladies in this church who haven't been baptized, and yet they're very committed to the church because their husbands won't let them, and they're right to respect their husbands. You may be very elderly. There may be other reasons why you haven't or can't be baptized. But I just want to share, and this is testimony morning, so I'm allowed to do this. I just want to share... Um, my experience, and actually it was honours as well, Um, my experience, because it might help you. I, I was brought up in a church where they believed in infant baptism. And I was baptized at a few months old, It was a pretty horrifying, terrifying experience because it wasn't... I don't remember, it's all right. I hadn't left its scars. It was was a little bit scary, it must have been. Um, And it wasn't by sprinkling, it was actually by full immersion. And so as a baby, and and Honor would have been, not that we knew each other then, of course, but she would have... (laughs) She, would have, um, she was brought up in the same um, brethren circles who believed in, in, in baptizing babies and doing it by full immersion. Now, I was told as I grew older that I'd been baptized in faith by my parents, and I thank and honor them for that. And I was glad I'd been baptized. And nobody ever told me that I hadn't really been baptized. Nobody ever told me that it was a decision that I had to take for myself and before God, as I shared just now when I was just talking to Synergy. Now, I'm sorry, Synergy, this is probably not really relevant because this was happening to me in my 20s and 30s, and you're not in your 20s and 30s yet. But anyhow, you stick in here and you may learn something from this. Um, I, um, and then I got filled with the, then we got filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, God starts to do things when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can actually come forward afterwards and be filled this morning. But that was a great time. And then I realized that I should be baptized. But by that time, I was, um, I was a deacon in the church. And um, 
I, um, we led young people's work, and um, I preached. And I thought, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm 31, and um, people will think it's a bit funny if he's baptised. Why wasn't he done before? And so I sort of um, perhaps hid and sort of, didn't not literally or not sort of, you know, I sort of tried to push it to one side. And, but I knew that I, we knew that we should be baptised because we hadn't been baptised. And then um, I thought, yeah, how can I lead young people's work? How can I encourage young people to be baptised? How can I say to my children, you need to be baptised? They would say, oh, yeah, well, well, well Dad, when were you baptised? Oh, sorry, I, I wasn't. So I suppose we moved to a church where we, we probably wouldn't have become members if we hadn't have been baptised. So at the age of um, 33, I won't say how old Anna's age was because it's not fair to talk about a lady's ages, but she was at the same time, one lovely, wonderful Sunday evening, we were baptised together. Now, okay, I'd been a Christian, I'd done the right things, I was walking with the Lord, but somehow that released something in me. Somehow I did something that I should have done many years earlier. So, sorry, I haven't been preaching with my notes, and I just need to refer. So, this is a, this is a, this is a sila. While you can just digest what I said already, um, so the question, and I'm. I'm, I think that if we're believers and we haven't been baptised, we should be baptised. And I believe that from Scripture. I believe that from my own experience. And I believe we are going to see this baptism all open and, and people who are older, who may have been Christians for years and haven't been baptised, I believe we're going to see them baptised. Now, don't, go, don't pull the blanket around you like Nicola did and think, I don't like this, I haven't been baptised, and will they let me be a member of Harvest Church? That is not the question. The question this morning is, and you've got to ask yourself over the next few weeks, is God saying to you that you need to be baptised? It's between you and God. Let's leave about Harvest Church and that to later. We'll, we're open to talk. We're, un, we're, we're quite human, us elders. We're open to talk. Please come and talk to John and I afterwards. If the things I've said this morning, sorry, John, to drop you in it, but if the things I've said this morning that have upset you or you don't agree with, please come and tell me afterwards. Don't go and tell somebody else. Um, please come and see any of us, and Andrew as well, of course. Um, make an appointment. If you want to talk through the matter of baptism and where you stand, we're here to help you get the best from being part of this church and the best from your walk with God. We don't want to put anybody down. We love everybody. And we want to, we're here to serve you, actually. Um, so, I think I come to my last point. I would just say that it might be a tough decision, and that's why I referred earlier to making tough decisions. 
It might be for you a tough decision, but God honors tough decisions, and you grow when you make tough decisions. So, you know, all this thing about membership, I prefer to use the term a heart connection. You see, um, many years ago, we came to, Honor and I came to this church, and then we there were a few problems and we left for a while and we thought we should go somewhere nearer home. And, um, but we couldn't find anywhere, so we had to come back here. That's why we're here. <laughs> no, what I want to say is that we, we felt drawn back here a long time ago now. And, you know, we weren't in this building then. It wasn't the ministry or the ministries or the building or certainly wasn't the building in those days it it wasn't the structure of the church that drew us back to the church we always said it was the people it was the people because God had done something in our hearts that had knit our hearts as a very old-fashioned word knit our hearts together with the people of what was Alton Free Alton Free Free Evangelical Church and that's what membership is about. It's not. It is, of course, having the vision, um, sub, um, respecting the leadership. Um, it is all those things. But it's, it's, not, it's not just about structures. It's about your heart and my heart being joined together. And we work together, we worship together, we love one another, we serve one another, we go through the, the hard times, we go through the, the, the happy times together. As my dear friend, my dear fellow elder here, John Barrett, so often said, you haven't said it lately, John, it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. Thank you, John. So... Do you know what good families do? They talk things through. So if you're struggling with anything to do, church is moving quite fast, isn't it? We're on a journey. Sorry, I'll forget you lot over there. But um, um, we're on a journey. And um, we're moving quite fast. Some people have said, don't go too fast. Uh, And uh, if you think we're going too fast, if you're getting left behind, come and tell us. If you're struggling with commission, you don't understand it, come and talk to us. Go and talk to Andrew. Talk to any of us. Good families talk together and sort things out. And that's what I invite you to do this morning and in the days ahead. And I just, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of this church. I'm thrilled to be part of, of you as a group of people. I think there's tremendous potential in this church. I've always said that. There's wonderful potential what God can do. And I really believe, because we're here to preach the gospel, we're here to see people saved, and we're going to see people saved. And God's going to unlock that potential, and we're going to find our place in his church in the days ahead. Shall we... Um, have we got... An, oh, I could, yes, I'd, like, I'd just like to pray for us. If you, um, if you want to... If you, like to just stand a minute and um, we'll just pray. Father God, we just want to thank you for your presence 
and your love with us this morning. We just thank you for the words we've had. We thank you that you're, you're a living, powerful God who speaks to his children. And Father, we just pray you will help us to respond to you and just, um, and just help us as we go forward. We, we need your help very much, Father. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be obstacles on the journey. No journey is without its obstacles. But Father, bring us through. Draw us closer together. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for your glory, that people may see your glory coming from our lives and from what goes on in this building. We ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to uh, respond to what Anthony's been saying just by focusing again on what Jesus has done for us. And uh, we're going to sing, Your Grace is Enough.